So I have a highly recommended company that sponsors this show called Gummy Cube, and they have big data analytics from the app stores. It's actually called Data Cube. And what they're doing is they're using real mobile data for their app store optimization and their mobile marketing to help their clients. So Gummy Cube can help you uh, find the right data that helps you increase your downloads. I mean, that's pretty relevant, right? So I highly recommend just go and check them out. Go to www.gummycube.com cube.com that's www.gummicube.com and i want to thank gummy cube because they've just been so great in continuing to support this show so i have a wonderful sponsor called app press and they will help you create an app for the app store without knowing any code now don't just take my word for it why not let me read you out some of the recent comments that were left in product hunt kelly mcgrath i just signed up looking forward to playing around while i have some downtime and troy sims says love it this will lead to great democratization of beautiful interactive creative content campaigns so people are talking about app press uh, you need to get over to www.app-press.com Com. That's www.app-press.com. And thank you very much to AppPress for continuing to support this show. Hi, this is Richard Sergiovanni, creator of The Grimps, and you're listening to The App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, The App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, The App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp, and this is the podcast that helps you uh, as an app entrepreneur, an app developer. I, what I do is I, I go around the world and meet some of the most amazing uh, entrepreneurs, co-founders, uh, people that really help us out with our journeys. So you've come to the right place if you want to learn about uh, what it means to do uh, be an app entrepreneur and be a co-founder. So I have a guest today. His name is Harrison Rose. And he is the co-founder of Paddle.com. So what you need to do right now is just go to Paddle, P-A-D-D-L-E.com. Very easy to uh, direct you there, Paddle.com. Go and check it out. Then you'll be able to follow what we're going to have a chat with. Um, so Harrison, welcome to the, the App Guy podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here. So Harrison, tell us about Paddle.com. Yeah, what, what is it you're doing? Sure. I mean, I guess we're a bit different to most of the guys who kind of come and chat on this show in that rather than building apps ourselves, we actually help guys kind of build them themselves or help them sell their app or some of the challenges they're facing and kind of launching an app themselves. I mean, the very boring description we give is that we're a developer tools company. But um, the description we give kind of internally is that we handle all the boring parts of kind of running your app business for you. Um, which PR people don't tend to like, but that tends to be the best summary in, in my eyes. Right. And um, where did you get the name from? Um, it's a very boring story, actually, in that we, <laughs> we, 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 we just looked at domains that we thought would be memorable and, and really, easy, really easy to run with and, and went for Paddle in the end. Uh, well, you know, I, I remember being boring myself in 2010 <laughs> and just going through. Uh, I remember trying to get a really short domain name because <laughs> I wanted to put it on the end of a text message. Mm-hmm. And I managed to get 21 mob.com <laughs> yeah yeah it's a difficult process you have no idea i'm actually ashamed to say how long we spent deciding what our name should be <laughs> right, okay. a lot of long evenings in the office discussing what would be the best fit <laughs> well harrison i mean one of the biggest challenges that this audience is facing right now is getting their apps discovered i've just come off a chat with a, a wonderful developer who's built an app and and nobody's downloading it mm-hmm. so how can you help 
uh, get attention and, and launch apps. Mm-hmm. In our experience, certainly kind of the marketing and exposure is one of the biggest problems that developers find. So that's certainly not a surprise to me there. I mean, the, the recommendation I, I usually give people in, in short is the, the best thing you can do is find out who is using your app at the moment and, and how are they doing it, even if that's a very small select kind of user group at the moment. And then you can highlight to a new audience the features that they're using. And, and that audience can obviously be the people who the app is relevant to because you've had a look at that. And then just take tips off the big guys as well. I mean, do your best to collect email addresses within your application. Uh, and rather than leveraging the kind of app store's audience, see if you can build up your own. And then you can do things like cross-promoting your inventory to that audience. Um, and, and then just engaging with those people, seeing what parts of the app they like using, and then just building and expanding from there, really. Okay. And I want to make sure that I've got Paddle.com correct, because you say mm-hmm. you, you are right. And in, 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 uh, it is slightly difficult to... You, you, I don't think I've had anyone on the show in 327 episodes doing what you do. Mm-hmm. So, so you actually, I'm, am I right in saying you help people build the apps, uh, create the apps, the content, and sell those on to other clients? Uh, not quite. In the, I mean, ours is a very interesting story, and there's been quite a major kind of pivot of ours in our kind of four years of existence. So Paddle initially started as a marketplace so selling digital content, whether those are kind of desktop apps or just pushing people to the app stores. Um, what we found after kind of a year or so of running that was developers were kind of using us for a lot of the tools we built out and the infrastructure we built out. Um, and eventually we pivoted into this very kind of almost B2B business serving developers. So the tools we offer them now range from kind of in-app analytics, crash reporting, even helping, with, helping them with some of their customer support. We call, I mean, we, we found that people love building their apps and, and they have this really idea that they're really passionate about and want to solve with their, with their app or even just entertain people. And what they don't consider is all of these kind of slightly less exciting parts of running this kind of app business that they, they want to do and helping them out with those parts is where we come in, really. Okay, so that, then we're going to take a practical example. When I was building an app mm-hmm. uh, recently, um, I had to then uh, think about how... Uh, the users were going to reach out and connect with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not want to start coding that mm-hmm. directly. I could just go to your service and you can then provide me with some some uh, plugin, some um, ability to then put in features yeah, in, that's, into the app. That's a, that's a great example. So you knew, you knew that really you should be collecting email addresses or something like that in order to engage with your customers. But perhaps you didn't have the time to build out that functionality or, or even the interest. I mean, you love building your product, perhaps not these kind of little tools that are useful. So you drop in our SDK, which covers a lot of different functionality that you can kind of turn off or on. And you'd start to be able to collect th- things like email addresses, for example. So that's a great, a great um, use case there. And I'm guessing that you need to be building native uh, Android and native uh, iOS apps. That's right. Uh, like in Xcode or, yeah, like so the, um, not the third-party uh, cross, cross-platform systems. Mm-hmm. But. That's correct. So both kind of native on both mobile and desktop. Um, we've got an awesome little developer community building out tools to make things a bit easier with some of the kind of third-party solutions you can you can use. So I was speaking to a guy just this morning who's making a cool plugin for kind of Xamarin. So we're getting there, but at the moment, if, if you're going native, it's going to be more possible for you. Well, Harrison, there's a lot of people who'd be really interested, I think, in, in you and in, mm-hmm. in how you've come up with this awesome idea and, and the fact that you're running paddle.com. Are you, have you been in the entrepreneurial game for long and, and how did you get kind of get this thing started? Yeah, so myself and, and the co-founder here are both only 21. 
Um, and, and we were very lucky to meet an angel investor here in London, uh, a hackathon. Um, he's kind of the more technical out of the two of us. Um, and he pitched this idea of the marketplace initially to a, a guy called Mark Pearson. Um, and he really bought into what we were building and us as a team, I think. Um, and we were very, very lucky to raise funding from him initially before that kind of major pivot later down the line. Um, in terms of what we do, we've always been kind of very feedback driven. So it was running the marketplace, hearing from developers, they actually wanted to solve some of these problems and then changing and growing as a result of that, really. Right. Okay. This is really inspirational, Harrison. Mm -hmm. So first of all, you are 21 years old, okay? You've been running Paddle for four years? Yeah, I think it's probably kind of just over three and a half, coming up to four. <laughs> Which puts you then uh, at uh, an age of 17 and... And what? How did you get started? Like, because I mean, that's just incredible. Did mm -hmm. you you went to a hackathon? Did you say? And and then you just had like a group of you that were doing this as a business, or? Yeah, Christian, my co-founder, attended a hackathon, and he, he'd had some experience kind of building some apps himself, and and we had this kind of grand vision together of putting this marketplace um, together. Um, we, we thought it would solve some problems within the digital space of going to lots of different stores to buy content. And we just pitched this very kind of bravely, I guess, to this angel investor here in London. And he bought into that. And then as we explained to him this feedback we were getting from our customers and how we thought we could serve the kind of developer community really quite directly in all these problems they were facing and we were hearing about, um, we kind of changed over time, which, is, which has been exciting. Well, it goes to show that, you know, because a lot of people do ask me about raising money. And, you know, you did not have a track record back then mm -hmm. for how you... Uh, manage money, how you manage a startup, but you managed to get funding. And did you get support with office space and that kind of stuff? Sure. He, he's a really awesome angel investor, actually. He, he's recently kind of set up his own incubator called Fuel Ventures. And he puts you up in his office and he's very hands-on with kind of the advice he gives you and in progress and recruiting and, and every kind of element of running your startup, which is quite invaluable to us now. I mean, we've got some other investors since then, which has been really interesting to hear their kind of point of view. But very early doors, um, yeah, Mark was really helpful in, in helping us out, actually. So I, I want to say that to anyone listening who is, uh, you know, the ripe age of maybe under 18, <laughs> you can do these things. And because uh, and, and uh, I'm guessing that you weren't even at university, you didn't bother going to university? Or you just, this is straight out of school. Yeah, it was an interesting story. So Christian never intended on going to university. Um, and we were obviously in touch before Paddle. Um, and, and I was considering going myself and it was in the summer before attending university that we managed to kind of secure this investment. And as a result, I kind of cancelled all the work I'd put in and researching where I should be going and what I should be studying and kind of pursued this very, I mean, cliche dream, I guess, of, of moving to the capital here in London and, and trying to build out Paddle into this awesome kind of tech company, really. Yeah, because this is the awesome world we live in right now. And this is why people listen to my show is that uh, there is a like a belief that you have to then leave school, go to university. Once you're in university, you kind of get drummed into you that you need to have a career mm -hmm. and uh, you need to start, you know, pursuing like jobs and applying for uh, graduate trainees and taking it. And, and what you've done is you've just proved that y you can, you know, avoid all that pain and just go into something that you really love and, and get funding and, and get all the support you need. And, and I'm sure you're learning a lot more now than you would have ever done uh, sitting in a seminar at, at university. Yeah, it's, it's been exciting. Certainly, I mean, that was 
the idea that I had drummed into me as well. So it was really quite, yeah, it's been great and, and fun, but a lot of hard work to kind of pursue something slightly off the beaten track, I guess. Now, and Harrison, again, like this is um, for inspi- inspiring uh, those that listen. And uh, how how risky was it to uh, not go to university? Did you get a lot of peer pressure and how did you handle that? Uh, yeah, th- those obviously we're, we're in a very kind of new sector and, and industry. So explaining to people what we were doing and the decision or well, the decision making behind some of what we were doing as well uh, was difficult at times, mainly within the, the school space, really, where they were very, very obviously um, thought the university was very advantageous. Um, but kind of family and people were always very supportive. I mean, it, it does help. You obviously got funding as you have some sort of kind of backup there. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting explaining to people. I mean, even now, people don't understand kind of what, what we're doing or, or what we're building. Um, the, the best example I give there is my grandfather, who I explained when we were a marketplace, we were a bit like Amazon and only to realize that he doesn't know what Amazon is. And then now I say we're a bit like PayPal, but with developer tools as well. And he doesn't know what PayPal is. And I've kind of just given up a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, well, anyone else who's confused, I had an episode with the founder of some, Somewhere. And uh, that, that's basically a very common problem nowadays. Nobody seems to understand <laughs> uh, what, what it is that we do. And uh, yeah, that's, there's, the job titles are all falling away. Sure. So I have the good fortune of having a highly relevant sponsor for you to go and try out. It's Gummy Cube and they will ask you this one question. What gives you a better return on investment than a user acquisition advertising campaign? And the answer is app store optimization. You need to be spending your money on making sure that you are doing everything right when it comes to app store optimization. And this is about really getting Um, in front of your target audience, identifying who they are, define your app's core features and unique value proposition, and review competitor app store ratings and reviews, research competitor branding, positioning, keywords, and category, uh, optimizing your icon for uh, focus groups. I mean, uh, these are all things that uh, Gummy Key will help you out with, and uh, I think they'll take away the headache when it comes to trying to think about app store optimization. So to go and check them out, go to www.gummycube.com. That's www.gummycube.com. And I want to thank GummyCube for just continuing to support the show. Well, let me thank my fantastic sponsor, AppPress. Now, AppPress were recently on Product Hunt, and here's some of the comments, so you don't need to just take my word for it. Why not let me read out some of the people that have been using AppPress. Uh, Zaykheim Zuckernain says, love the idea. I'm fascinated with the democratization of the coding experience so that anyone with a good idea can go to market. I'm really looking forward to trying this out. Uh, Grant says, yeah, that's great. Looking forward to working with you. Uh, Grant is the founder of uh, AppPress. Ryan McCarthy says, very cool. Eager to learn more. And Liam Toja says, love to play with this. I like the concept already. So. Lots of people talking about AppPress. AppPress will help you make a lovely app uh, that can go onto the App Store, native app. So go to www.app-press.com. That's www.app-press.com. Thank you very much to AppPress for continuing to support the show. 
Um, well, I want to go talking. I mean, we have um, two, two more things to do before we say goodbye. One is that uh, we do like to try and give um, developers, uh, app entrepreneurs, ideas for apps. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if you'd come across either a really cool idea for an app that you can share with us mm-hmm. or if you have, great. Otherwise, if not, then we have another way of fleshing out an idea from you. Do, mm. do you have an app idea? I mean, I guess so, in, in that I just look at the problems I face kind of in my day-to-day. So every day, my job essentially is to outreach to the developers, talk to them about problems they might, might be facing. If we've got a tool that can solve that problem for them, great. If we don't, perhaps that's something we could look into building. So I spend a lot of time kind of chatting to people on Skype um, or over email. And one of the problems I certainly face is um, arranging calls with people. So there's a lot of cool tools out there to kind of give people the choice of when they want to chat to you. But there's often a lot of confusion surrounding time zones. So something that can really nail kind of arranging calls with people across time zones would be entirely invaluable to me. So kind of merging kind of these desktop calendar apps or or mobile calendar apps with tools like worldtimebuddy.com, which give you an idea as to what time people are in, in in all different parts of the world would certainly be valuable to me. Uh, I think that would be really valuable to me as well because uh, I deal with uh, all these different time zones. I've just we had an episode with Cambodia, mm-hmm. and, uh, and just trying to figure out where everybody is and what time is is challenging. So, uh, not, but not only what yeah. time it is for them, but what time they're free as well. I mean, I think that's where the real crux of the matter is. That there's cool tools out there to tell you what time it is locally for someone, and cool tools to arrange arrange calls between you and what times you're available. But kind of merging those two is where I think there's a little bit of space for someone. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, anyone listening, please go and build that app, <laughs> and then you could possibly use Paddle.com for some of the uh, integration features as well. Um, uh, you know, actually, just thinking, I, I have got to ask you about apps. Uh, yeah, let's, let's do that. What, what uh, one or two apps do you use on your phone that you could recommend to us uh, that you think that are apps we may not have come across before? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm really into kind of getting things done and, and productivity. So I'm a big fan of, of Todoist. I kind of live and live and die by that, both on desktop and mobile. Um, really, really kind of just minimal to-do list. It, it, it doesn't take away time from my day and, and keeps me organized. Um, the other app, maybe a little bit more obscure, is an app called Pocket Casts, which I'd use to listen to this podcast, for example, just a podcasting app. I found the problem with the kind of native um, app on iPhone was it was very unreliable in downloading these podcasts. Um, but Pocket Cast looks a lot better. It's a lot more reliable. And it's by some awesome friends uh, with a company called Shifty Jelly, which made me laugh. And, and that's always a positive. <laughs> you know, I didn't even realize I was on Pocket Cast. So that's great that they mm. took my feed and uh, managed to, they obviously must look at the podcast feed from Apple and then just try to bring that content into Pocket Casts. Uh, as we get towards the end of this podcast, um, uh, one thing actually just came to mind is that I wondered if you could give us a sense of what, what the really popular uh, features are that you're most commonly asked for in Android and Apple apps. Mm. So, I mean, in chatting to people about the hurdles they face, there's often people who are missing one individual tool. But the biggest thing I've been hearing of late is that people no longer want to manage lots of third-party integrations, one to do analytics, one to do crash reporting, one to do this, that, and the other. I mean, people don't have the time to maintain all these different solutions, perhaps pay for them. Um, And also there's some value in having that data in the one place as well. 
So what people tend to be most excited about in terms of what we're building out here is centralizing a lot of these tools, both into one SDK and one dashboard to manage those, allowing you to only integrate and maintain one, um, one kind of framework within your app build, which allows them to focus on their product and, and do, be doing the thing that they love, right? So that tends to get people most excited, kind of in my experience at the moment. And uh, yeah, I mean, what uh, advice can you then offer app entrepreneurs who are coming to this for the first time, trying to build an app? And uh, are there sort of must think must have inclusions in the apps that you you, you advise? Mm -hmm. I think I think it, it ties back to the, the marketing problem that we talked about. In that your product has to be of extreme value to your customers. So learning who it is that's using your app, so really establishing that demographic but also how it is they're using the app and what features they're using. Understanding that I think is really important because you can highlight those features in your app store descriptions, etc. And in knowing the audience you should be trying to attract, you can actively seek those guys out. And I think, so the analytics tools to me are most exciting because in understanding who it is that's using your app, you can go about acquiring more of those customers and, and making a better app for them and, and continue to solve the problem that, that your app kind of delivers for them. Wonderful. Well, it's a wonderful world we live in. And uh, are you um, seeing a lot of demand for Apple Watch uh, integration as well? Yeah, a lot actually. So almost everyone we've spoken to or speak to regularly is building an Apple Watch extension. I think through excitement, sometimes more than anything else. Um, <laughs> but, but having these tools like analytics and crashes and, and things like that, there still seems to be demand on, on that, that device as well. I haven't got one yet, but I don't think I can resist for much longer. I know. It's uh, too tempting, isn't it? So, okay, well, uh, Harrison, this has been great. I'm going to put all the show notes in episode 328. So for anyone listening and trying to figure out all this stuff, just don't worry. It's all there. Just go to theappguy.co and search out Harrison Rose episode 328. And Harrison, how best can people reach out? I know that you're going to inspire many of the uh, apps to try listening to this, especially uh, those who are just embarking on uni. <laughs> when the, how best can we reach out and connect with you? Sure. So you can catch me direct on email at harrison at paddle.com or alternatively on Twitter. So that's at paddle Harrison. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, again, uh, that paddle Harrison. Yeah. So, um, um, cool. I will search you out and I'm going to follow you right now. Harrison, thanks very much for coming on uh, the app guy podcast and being just such a, a great inspirational guest and all the best with paddle for all the years to come. No problem, thanks. It was awesome to share some of what we're doing and, and a bit of the story there too. So remember to go and check out www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com who are the world's best app store optimization company. And I highly recommend uh, using them to improve the optimization of your apps and help them get discovered in the app store and use their algorithms and their data cube from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So www.gummycube.com and thanks to Gummycube for being such a great supporter of this show just to remind you that i am sponsored by app press and they are an app creation tool that will help you get native apps on the app store code free they are one of the most upvoted products on product hunt for app creation tools and so that tells you everything you need to know you can go and try it out for free by going to www.app-press.com that's www.app-press.com and thank you very much to AppPress for to continuing to support the show.